0: I don't know if I believe this story, because the reality is this, I think too much. I don't know if you all, I'm not saying it's high-level thinking, but, <laughs> but I think a lot. Um, when it comes to making a decision, when it comes to um, choosing something to do or to buy, Um, we ended up having to purchase a new television. It took me, seemed like, forever just to weigh all the different options and to think about it, and then also to think about how much it costs and how much I have to pay and all of these different pieces around it. It just sometimes becomes paralyzing. So to hear a story like this today, the calling of the disciples, I just don't know. I mean, I definitely can't understand, maybe I guess I can, the fact that Matthew and Mark, when they tell the story of the calling of the disciples, there's not really even backstory. Jesus just calls them, they get up and they leave. I can get that. That's kind of the Cliff Notes version. But when you start giving me a little bit of the story, I really need something more because all of this stuff just doesn't quite line up for me that Peter and James and John are sitting there they've been fishing all night long they have pulled their boats in that means that they've pulled them off of the water back onto the to the sea or you know the shoreline area there they have laid out their nets They've cleaned them all off. They're drying in the sun so that they can fish again. They're exhausted. And this itinerant rabbi comes up and tells Simon Peter, I need your boat. Let's go on out here. This is not just, hey, let's hop out here and, and, and go and just sit here and do this. This is getting back into the boat. He's been out fishing all night long, hasn't caught anything. He hasn't slept. He hasn't eaten. And he just does what Jesus tells him to. And do they know each other? I mean, there's no kind of introduction. Hi, my name's Jesus. Hi, I'm Simon. I'll later be called Peter. There's no introduction. There's no nothing. So it leaves it up to me as the reader to try and fill in the blanks around this. And then Jesus is teaching. I don't know if Peter is napping or if he's listening or whatever's happening, but Jesus begins to teach there right off of the shoreline of the people that have gathered. And then once Jesus is finished with the teaching, he says, oh, by the way, we're going back out to fish. Going out, let's go out to the deep water. Remember, Peter has fished all night. When I haven't slept well because Beckett's been up all night and he says, hey, Dad, let's build a house of blocks. I'm like, maybe we can watch something on TV. But no. Peter responds back, if you say so. How is that even said? Was that like, well, if you say so, Jesus, that sounds great. Or is it kind of disbelief, or is there sarcasm, irony in his voice? Well, if you say so, we've already fished all night, but you really know what you're talking about, about fishing. There's just so much that is not filled in. I I want to know because it just doesn't make sense to me. Now I can begin to piece some things together and think about it. Where this, is, this story is being told on the Sea of Galilee, these are little fishing villages right around there, probably on the northern part near Capernaum, where Jesus has been teaching and healing. And so, these are small fishing villages in which everybody knows everybody. So if Jesus is teaching and moving around in this area and doing things, there's a good chance Peter and Jesus knew each other. Because Peter, in the Gospel of Luke, it lets us know that he owns his boat, which kind of makes him a small business owner in the town. He knows the people that are moving around in that area, He would have had a stake in what was happening around there, but did not have a significant amount of power. He was just trying to make it day by day to keep his boat, to keep those that he loved, his family, fed. Fish, sell the fish, sleep, eat fish sell the fish, sleep, eat, fish. So, maybe he did know Jesus. Maybe when Jesus asked him to put out, it was more kind of a favor between two folks who knew each other. Maybe they were even friends. But it still, still is a big ask. And then, to do something like going back out and fishing some more, whether it's a big ask or not, is the fact that he's challenging Peter on what Peter does for a living. But Peter does. And that's that's when the miracle happens in the story. But maybe there's something else that's going on in the midst of this. Maybe there is something that is happening underneath all of this that is a much more powerful miracle than bringing a load of fish into a boat. Maybe it is the power that exists in this place that invites us to take that next step. Because the other thing that's going on underneath all of this comes out in the very end. After the miracle happens, after the 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 fish are pulled into the boat. Peter falls on his knees and says, I am a sinner. Now, sadly, in our culture and in our world right now, we have turned that into a a negative, that sin is is thought to be a bad thing, and that someone who is a sinner is a bad person. The thing about that, though, is that really as we look at this what sin is all about is broken relationship, is broken people. And we all are broken people. So when Peter falls to his knees and talks about being someone who is broken, he shares what we all have in our own hearts, which is we just, we just aren't enough. I was listening to some of the theologians that I kind of are in conversation with this last week about the scripture, and one of the other scriptures for this week is the text from Isaiah, when Isaiah stands before the Lord and and says, here I am, Lord, send me in his calling. And I remember as a young person, we sang a song like that when I went off to seminary that first week, when you feel like, oh my goodness, what have I gotten myself into, And um, one of the things that uh, this, um, so I really resonated when the scholar was talking about it, he said the same thing happened to him when he went off to seminary, but they changed the lyrics to, here I am, Lord, send someone else. (laughs) How many of us have prayed that prayer before? I know I have. But there's there's this thing inside of us, especially that we see within Peter, which is, I'm not enough to handle this. I'm a broken person. I just don't have the abilities that you're inviting me to use. But isn't that the way that a calling works? Inviting us to go someplace that we are not currently. Now... I don't want you to hear that this is some kind of calling to just be a minister. I think, sadly, that, that, that most folks, when we start talking about this, they think, well, it, you're talking, Chad, about what you do. The reality, though, is that the callings that we respond to on a daily, in a daily way are not to a specific called ministry to stand up and to preach. And what I do, what ministers that do, that stand and preach, that exegete, that teach, that visit, that is not the only calling. See, the thing is, is that we are called in daily ways to deeper relationship and service with God, but in ways that mesh with who we are. If you notice at the end of this, that the response to Peter and, under, and his claim that I am a broken person, I am one that doesn't have the gifts that you're asking for, is Jesus says, I'm calling you to fish for people. And it's not one in which it's a sending forth, God goes with us. Because when we hear that call in the back of our minds, it may just be to help feed another. It might be to listen to somebody, to visit someone in the hospital, or to share a bit of what we have with another, but to step outside of our comfort zone and to do that. was listening to a story just the other day about a gentleman who lives in New York City. And he had one of the most stylish haircutting businesses. And he had one in Brooklyn and one in New York. And so one day he went downtown and he had to go and to um, stand in line to get a certain kind of document filled out. But as he stood there waiting in this long line he saw this gentleman that was along the side of the street and he had a sign and and he needed food, but he had long disheveled hair, just crazy messed up. And he said he was hungry. And so once he finished with his business, he came back out and he invited the gentleman. He said, can I get you something to eat? And he said, sure. And so he took him over and got him something to eat. But while he was standing there, he said, would you like a haircut? And so he took him over in the park and he took his scissors and he cut the man's hair. And he tells the story that after that, the gentleman asked if he could help him to get a paper because he said with a haircut like this, I'm ready for an interview. And what this has led to is a ministry that lived out of this, of this gentleman now cutting hair for the homeless, free of charge. So that when these people come in, they need not only just with their hair trimmed up, but with a stylish, attractive you know, kind of style that they can be proud of that gives them dignity as well as the fact that it gets their hair out of their eyes. It was a call, it was an invitation to something that was part of who He was. But He saw the call to take that next step and to share that gift with others. I said at the beginning that it, I don't believe the story. The reality is is that I can't believe the story when I can't believe in myself. And it's the same for all of us. You may have an excuse this morning to not take that next step into the ministry that you're being called to do. I don't have enough time. I don't have the right voice, I'm too young, I'm too old, I'm too busy, I'm too this, I'm too that, I'm not enough this, I'm not enough that, you can fill that in. I just want you to hear this. Wherever you are being called today, God promises this. First off, you will not go alone. It is a following. It is a walking with. And second, you have everything that you need inside of you. The question is, Are you willing to pause for a minute to pray, to seek out that calling, to listen for those who invite us to pull our boats off of the sand? To move through that sleepiness, that grogginess, that sense of, well, I just don't have enough left in me and see the miracle that is happening around us. Because the invitation is there. And God is calling disciples now. And God is calling you. Let us respond. And let us walk with Jesus in these next steps. Amen. Thank you for listening to the White Oak Pond Christian Church Podcast. We hope that it's been a blessing to you this day. White Oak Pond seeks to be a place where we accept one person at a time to Christ's never-ending and forgiving love. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive sermons each and every week. And also rate us. It really helps. Thank you again, and may you know joy in powerful ways this week.